Good evening, and welcome to the Elite Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Mondon, JK. I am the more handsome co-host, the Mad Chatter, Chad Patterson, joined here today with some very special guests, our, our usual co-host, Addison Elko. What's going on, Chad? And uh, we actually have two surprise guests from the league here today on the pod. One crazy Dutch bastard, Greg Muller. Hi, how's it going? And another first-time um, pod guest, Nick Famolari, Agent Lee. How's everybody doing? Wow, that voice. I love that mm. voice. You mm. like that? <laughs> I do. I'll be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> so we apologize for a lack of pod in the last two weeks. Um, a lot has happened since then. The trade deadline, some stuff we haven't hit on. Um, but one thing that I have on the top of the outline that we all love is when someone is triggered. Now, unfortunately, our co-host, our handsome co-host, Addison Elko, lost on a wild stat correction in week eight to Rob. Now, this stat correction came on a Thursday after the games were two days done. And Ad left the group chats. He was, and rightfully <laughs> rightfully so, he, he was very, very upset. And I can't blame him. Ad, do you care to speak on... The very unfortunate circumstance that happened to you. Yeah, I mean, I went to, I woke up and I immediately saw Greg's messages of, oh no, stat correction, all caps. And I knew it had to be me. I, I knew I was in that territory, but I thought once Wednesday was passed, I was in the clear. I didn't realize how many came on Thursday. And it, it was just more gut wrenching because I really needed that win to get a little leg up on avoiding last place. But, you know, I, I went, I held my anger in for about six hours, I want to say. And then I had a little eruption on Taysom Hill, which was, was the catalyst of my anger. Um, I, easily my least favorite player in the league. But, you know, I'm, I'm a little over it. We're on, we're on to Tiz. I already had another loss since that loss. So that loss is kind of in the rearview mirror. But I think this that's the first one of the year of a stack correction to a loss. And we may have another one. Uh, this week with Duch and Josh, but for the battle of last place, that was terrible. And we'll get to it later on some good news for me today. So all in all, my my, my mood is up. But yeah, that was, I was certainly more depressed than triggered. And then I kind of just went off on Taysom Hill. Mm. Weird guy to take your anger out on. A random backup quarterback for he's the not, Saints. But. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, he's random, but he fucking steals points from my Saints players. Exactly. <laughs> He shouldn't be because he's that random. Tell yeah, us how you really feel. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into some news and notes. Um, one that actually happened, and uh, as most of you know, we were in Pittsburgh uh, two weekends ago for the Steeler game. Steelers got the W. Thank you, thank you. But on my ride home, um, I was getting notifications from CBS Sports that Hugh Jackson was fired. Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley out the door in Cleveland. Um, I'll defer to Greg here. Greg, is this a good move for the Browns? What are the values of their offensive players? Tell me your stance here. I mean, it's definitely a good move. Hugh Jackson was the second worst coach in the history of football with at least 40, <laughs> 40, 40 uh, what, games coached, I guess we'll say. And the other guy was an owner that couldn't be fired because he owned the team. So... <laughs> So it, it can only really go up from here. And you could see it just in the way they used Duke Johnson. He was pretty much invisible for the first two months of the season. And then he comes out and he drops like a 30 spot 
in fantasy points the first week without Hugh and Haley. So I think it's going to be really good for him. Uh, I don't know, Jarvis is kind of getting his targets but not doing anything with him, so it's a really weird situation there. But I got to imagine the whole offense as a whole just improves. And I did hear some rumors that Bruce Arians is interested in the job, mm. and I think that just helps everybody out if he actually ends up there. Can't imagine. Dirt- oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was saying, just he was such a dirtbag too. Like he doesn't like just go out. He just has to still be like, yeah, I was there to make it better. Like throwing people onto the bus, and even like the first ep- like episode of Hard Knocks, he's like, this is my team. I drive the bus. Like. You're yeah. awful. I'm pretty <laughs> sure he came out and said he, he wanted to draft Patrick Holmes, too. Like, yeah, yeah no, sh- no shit. Like, <laughs> easy to say that now. <laughs> He's the worst type of person. Just be yeah, that bad and then have no, take no blame for it. Yeah, and then he did the whole media tour. Those people at work, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was on Colin Coward today, I think. He did the whole media tour that, like, the week after he got fired, he did, like, first take. He did everything. He's like, yeah, I should have taken control of the offense earlier. I was like, yeah, because that worked out so well the first time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's was obviously... Was he the play caller when they went defeated? Um, I mean, they um, won one game in two years. He definitely called the plays for some of those games. I don't know exactly <laughs> which one. <laughs> Fair enough. It's definitely long overdue. The fact that he lasted this long is such a Browns move to be like 3-39 and 39 or whatever he was. <laughs> but <clears throat> we'll see. It's, it's, it is interesting, like Greg said, that Bruce Arians said that he will come out of retirement only for the Browns, which is a very strong statement. He apparently wants to work with Baker, and I feel like that'd be a marriage made in heaven for sure. Hey, people have said that the Browns' position right now is a more attractive job than the Cowboys, given the talent they have and, you know, not Jerry Jones as an owner. I, I don't know if I disagree. I mean, I think the Browns do do have a lot of talent. They're, they've been in, like, pretty much every game they've lost, and – I think Eric said it's best. Like, when you lose four overtime games, that's coaching. Yeah, I agree with that. How dark a time is it for you, Ad, that the Browns is a step off from the Cowboys? I know. It's bad. I mean, <laughs> I would have said that. I probably would have agreed they still have Gordon. I'm not completely sold they have. I guess they have it. Well, no. I don't know if I would exactly I think say the weapons the, are superior, but. I think it's the defense that I mean, makes it appealing. Yeah, Cowboys defense has been playing pretty well. But no, I know you're just saying. Their Browns do have good skill players on offense, too. You have Baker to build around Landry, Callaway, and Joku. Unbelievable. They can't win games, really. Yeah, because, I mean, their defense isn't bad. No. No. Yeah, I mean, if you believe in Baker over Dak, then I completely get it. Yeah, Baker's in a tough spot now, also, with the defensive coach being the head coach now. So I guess it was better off to pull the plug sooner than, than later. But it's not ideal for the number one pick either. No. Yeah, can't can't trust a guy named Greg with two G's. Throws me on. Yeah, definitely reason. not. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's the worst name. Uh, all right. So speaking of quarterback, um, is there a new go in the league? Nick Mullins coming in for San Francisco and basically going off on Thursday night. Um, we were talking before the pod. Is is this the Matt Flynn effect? I thought it was so fucking savvy picking up Raiders defense for this game too. And then he just goes and drops a three TD spot in my face for negative one points. It's like, what the hell? Like, I remember I fallen on game track, and it was just like the little arrow was just moving more and more and more. I'm like, is he going to fucking just drive down and score a touchdown first drive? And yep, that's what he did. But, yeah, we were saying that given his age and how he did this game, he's going to make millions of dollars just being a, a journeyman backup, filling in for injured quarterbacks forever. And that's like the best kick to have in football because you have no pressure. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, really good for him. And I mean, a lot of that, a lot of his passing yards came from one play to, to George Kittle for like 71 yards. But still, I mean, he he looks pretty good. And for, to come in cold and, and perform like that is pretty impressive, especially on a primetime stage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, in the NFL, if you show that you have a pulse and you can throw the football, you know, in the forward direction toward a receiver, <laughs> you're locked into a job for a decade, Yeah, at least as a backup. So basically, congrats, anyone, congrats, Nick <laughs> anyone but Nathan Peterman is what you're saying. Oh, yeah, I'm not sure Nathan Peterman. Peterman. Unconfirmed. <laughs> or could he throw it forward? Actually, no, he could throw it forward to the other team pretty well. Yeah. I didn't realize his name's like a, almost a good combination of two of the hosts right now, Nick and Muller, Mullers. Nick Mullers. Pretty close. Mm, yeah. Pretty close. Sounds elite. <laughs> Southern Miss Golden Eagles pride. <laughs> he also uh, has a small girlfriend or wife or whatever it is. Does he actually? Yeah. She's gorgeous. Google's not doing anything from here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Nick Mullins is... I saw it. I don't know where I saw it. It was on Twitter, I think. I believe, yeah. Some questionable photos on Google right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into some some running back news. Um, a tough blow for, for Josh here. He uses his number two waiver on Raheem Moster. I still don't know how to pronounce it. I'm going I'm to say Mozart. Mozart. Yeah. And he goes and breaks his arm. Same game that Nick Mullins goes off. Um, bad news, obviously. Um, but did did he really have any real value b- beyond this year? Um, I mean, he showed pretty well in the limited opportunities he had. Um, but so has Matt Breida. So I'm not sure. And they have Jack McKinnon coming back next year. So I'm not sure long-term value. But looked like this year it might have been, you know, he might have got 10 to 12 touches a game with some explosive plays. So it is a loss for, for Josh, but um, I don't think he's a long-term uh, long-term hold. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's one of those classic running – it seems to only be running backs, but running backs you scoop up in week 9 or 10 that either push you through the playoffs, push you into the playoffs, but you know the following year they're going to go back to being that second or third string guy, but – for for Josh, who's not overly deep at running back, I mean, if Duke Johnson emerges back to a, a you know high running back too, good for him. But you're not going to really depend on Frank Gore week to week, and Mozart was a good fill-in for him, and it, it sucks losing him for sure. It leaves him kind of thin. I don't even know. I guess Gore is a third running back. I don't know who his fourth is, but uh, God, that injury looked brutal too. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah, I think uh, Mo. I think Josh would take it though if you told him that he would give up his waiver for a win. Essentially, Mo- I mean, he got him the win. He put up 16 last week, and his next best bench player was 13. So winning by under a point—that's basically trading his waiver for a win. I think, no, yeah. is, especially in, in the playoff race where he's in seventh right now, I think most people would would give that up. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's point. Fair. That's a good point. And he, he was definitely um, was primed to make a run with him in his lineup for sure. Um, getting back to running backs, um, Amir, not that great Abdullah cut from the Lions today. Um, we'll see where he ends up. I have never really been a fan of him, um, but uh, I'll defer I'll defer to add here. Tiz thinks his value goes up if he goes elsewhere. Um, I'm not sold on that. I, I think he's another one of those guys that Tiz is irrationally high on. Um, would you agree? So you may miss it. So the Vikings did pick him up. Oh, right, right, right. So for Tiz, 
having Dalvin Cook, it, that it's literally if you, only if you have Dalvin Cook and Amir Abdul on your roster that this is like you're kind of happy. Like, okay, cool, I have the the handcuff to the handcuff to handcuff. I guess for Lat Murray, but if anywhere else, if you, if you expected him to leave anywhere, I think I think we're all in agreement that I didn't care where he went. I wasn't thinking he was going to be fantasy relevant this year anyway. And I found it odd how like Twitter. The fantasy Twitter was like, oh, thank God, he's finally free. I'm like, wait. I, I don't know. I never liked him when he was fantasy relevant, and I think he's beyond fantasy relevant now. And, I mean, I love Dalvin Cook, so I think he's going to be buried there, barring a freak injury to Cook again. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. Wasn't he a healthy scratch most of the year, actually, Abdullah? I, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he was because yeah. he doesn't play special teams. Yeah, so, I mean – who is he going to beat out? He's not going to beat out Latavius Murray. I think Rock Thomas is better. And I think Rock Thomas was inactive last week, too. He actually got cut today. Did he actually? Oh, yeah, that, that yeah. makes sense. Oh. He was inactive last week with Dalvin back. So, yeah. And then um, a guy like Mike Boone, is he still hanging around there, too? I think he might be better than Abdullah. But, I mean, he was getting he was losing carries to Blunt. It's not like Blunt's like a superstar. He's terrible. Yeah, yeah I, I just don't think he's better than Matt Murray. And obviously, if, if Cook's healthy, it's all irrelevant. So, yeah. And you got to think, too, that this is kind of a, a sign from the Lions organization that Kyrion's our guy. He's our, you know going to be our battle cow. Because Adula's still 25. It's not like he's some old guy they're cool with getting rid of. Um, and I think we're all in agreement that Kyrion is the battle cow there. But, you know, it's, it's always good when the organization kind of gives a little nod, like, yep, he's our guy as well. So good for Rob for scooping him up in like 110 or whatever it was. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, right after uh, Rojo. Yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Right, after, right before Balash. I, <laughs> I tried trading for that ninth pick so aggressively and I couldn't get it because I want to carry on Johnson so bad. Yeah, he happened, the, the one owner who was obsessed with him more than anybody just happened to have that pick. You yeah. would have to have gone above probably Nick to get it. I was offering yeah. him like 10 to move back one spot and and other picks, and he wouldn't do it. Yeah, he's he was talking about we like he was talking about carry on for months. Yeah, yeah good for him. Um, wide receiver news. Add you can <laughs> you can smile now. Uh, yeah, Des Bryant signs with the Saints, a one year deal. Thoughts? Okay, so I'm gonna preface. Obviously, I'm pumped. I'm a huge Des fan. Rooting for Des. I was. I got while we cut him, but I still loved him when he was a cowboy. My excitement does not imply I think he's going to be this like wide receiver one, high wide receiver two. I'm just happy he signed anywhere. So for all these like, and maybe the the the, the big heads on Twitter are getting overreaction to Des fans feeling the need to tweet out all this negative like, oh I don't think this is going to mean anything, blah blah. Like listen, I'm just happy he's on a team. And can possibly be fantasy relevant. I'm obviously not going to be starting him for the next few weeks, but I'm happy for him. I think it makes sense. He has a clear path of the wide receiver two role, which in that offense means something. I don't get these people being like, well, they got Watson and Taysom and like Traquan. Like, I'm taking Dez over all three. Like, he should get more targets than all three of those guys. So I think he's never seen single coverage in his life. He still had pretty high productive games in 2017 last year and has fresh legs still. And I know I may have some people on here that, that hate him. Greg, you can talk next. But, yeah, I think of all the teams he could have signed with, this is one of the higher-up ones besides maybe Green Bay. 
So I'm pretty happy for the landing spot. Okay, I guess Addy Addy set me up there, but I mean I'm not gonna go insane here and go on one of these rants, but I mean I just for for our league I'll keep it at our league because Addy covered the overall picture pretty well. It makes no sense for you to not trade Des Bryant. Okay, like it makes no. You, you, he's gonna be relevant for this year. And then I, I guess if he balls completely out, he can get signed by somebody next year. But that would – let's be real. That's not – he's not going to go off at, for like, what, three weeks of the fantasy season that, that are left? You, you You'll get him first. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that was just a low ball. But you should be able to get, <laughs> what, a second or a third? No, maybe not second. You should probably be able to get a third from somebody that's contending. I don't even – where's the upside in that? So I have, to th- I have a dart throw at a third versus a potential long-term contract with a guy who has proven to be elite and can help me this year. I know I don't like making – avoid last place moves, but he still can have flex value. I, I don't see the upside in just trading away a, a third for a guy. I'm, I'm not going to go through the whole draft from the third round or later last year, but there's definitely guys that – are relevant in the third round or later in our league with not being a true dynasty. Being yeah, more guys of, like Dez get drafted in the third round. Like old veterans get drafted in the third round. Yeah, so basically we Dez, get the same value in the third. Your value right now is three weeks. You're getting him for three weeks max, mind you, max, because yeah. he's not. you're not playing him this week. He's not probably active this week. Maybe he's like in a special package next week. He's not going to know the whole playbook by in a week, basically. So then you get him for next week. Or in two weeks, next week you get nothing. Two weeks you get probably limited, and then you get him for two weeks, and then you're done because you pretty. Much, I don't even think you can make the playoffs if you run the table. Maybe you can, but it's unlike unlikely. We'll call it. No, yeah, no, so I, know, have, I know what you're saying. Have, yeah, hey, yeah, if I, I get a good offer, I'll trade him. I, I've proven I'll trade guy. I've traded plenty of guys this year. Uh, if I'm third, I'll give it tank. for sure. A second, I'd be a little hesitant, but if I had a third, I would definitely give it. As a contender, why not just throw him on the back of my bench? You never know. I don't think he's terrible either. Like, there's the perception just because I rip him apart. Like, like he's useless. It's more central on your roster than anything else. Fair enough. So if you had him, would you trade him for a third? Or would you rather just ride, ride him in the no, finals? No, for me, I'd rather just take a shot that he's, like, all of a sudden him Breeze makes him decent for a third. But for you, I don't understand why, why you would have him on your roster. Because he, he's not, like, keepable because... You won't know he's we what we keep a week after the Super Bowl. You won't know and he's on a roster until no, I know. March, April, him, May. But... So yeah. I, I don't know. That's just my two cents. Yeah. I mean, if he plays well, you gotta assume you're gonna get a contract next year, right? So I guess it's it's a bargain. I mean, it's a not a bargain, but a, a risk either way. Yeah, and and now and now with now with five with five five of uh five bench spots, you know it could be worth it for Ed to take a shot on keeping him. That's a good point. I forgot about the extra bench spot. Yeah, I'll have to see what I mean. I mean, the bottom of my bench right now is putrid because I traded away my McCoy, my John Brown. You know, there's other guys I've gotten rid of. I'm not going to keep Vance. I'll keep Henry. So I might not even have a better fifth round fifth best yeah. option. But if you're listening to this and you are making a playoff push, send send me a trade. What will it cost? I don't know. We'll talk. Yeah. Not a fourth. Yeah. And, <laughs> I and I don't know. It had to be like a third and maybe two, like a third and a fourth. Third, you know, something like that. I, would, I don't think I would do it just straight up for the third. Or a second and I'll throw in a, a fourth. You know, something like that. We'll talk. But I'm open to trading him. I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy for him. 
That's good. That's good. He, he is your boy, and I'm glad he's on your team, and hopefully he can resurrect himself into being the Des Bryant of old, but we'll see. No, hopefully not. I don't need Addy being good again. Need him to <laughs> <laughs> Um. All right, so before we get into some of the, the trades that happened uh, before the deadline, let's get into some quick wide receiver injuries. And I'll spin this question kind of a different way. So Geronimo Allison on the IR – um, for the Packers and AJ Green avoid surgery, but is out a couple games. So I'll ask each of you this question, and I'll start with Nick. Marquez Valdez Scantling or John Ross? Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Valdez Scantling by a mile. Yeah. And, and, and um, John, I don't really think that's that that debatable. Um, Valdez Scantling's in Aaron Rodgers' offense. Uh, he looks to be an explosive player. It's unfortunate. Uh, he beat out my boy, Quantumus St. Brown. It looks like Rich made the right pick there. Um, tall receiver. Einstein. A lot of speed. Yeah, Ridge Einstein. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's really, really close. I think even Boyd to Dan uh, Scouting's not at, like not closer. Like, I would still take Boyd, but that's even more. I think Marquez, as a rookie, he's going to be the wide receiver two for the foreseeable future. Do we think? Do we think that the John Ross owner would pick John Ross over Valdez Scantling? I mean, who's yeah, in, I, look I who the John so. Ross owner is. Look who the Josh John Ross owner is. <laughs> and that, that, that's the point. Would you think Tiz would take? Would you think Tiz would trade him straight up? I don't think. He would, oh, yeah. I think it's too I much think, pride. I think not too Tiz much pride. Would laugh at. I think Tiz would laugh at Rich if he offered Scantling. Yep, I agree. That's wild. That is crazy. Some of the evaluations of players in this league is wild. And I'm guilty, I mean, but... Nick, you're kind of Everyone short. has their own player bias, though. That's, yeah. that's true for, I think, every league. If you have somebody on your roster for more than, like, six months, you just... You automatically bump them up a little bit. For sure. So before we move on, I'll ask a quick question to all three of you contending for the playoffs or are already in with Greg. If you're lacking a little bit of depth and Ridge is maybe... Say Ridge loses this week and he's kind of in stall mode. Would you give a future second, early second for Marquez for the playoffs, even a late 2021st, or is he, is he not worth that? I don't know if I'd give the first, but I would definitely give a second. Agree. That was that was exactly what I was going to say. I wouldn't give a 2021st, but I'd give a second, even an early one. I'd definitely give a second. I don't think Ridge would take that, though. Yeah, I agree there, too. Yeah, it's funny because before the season started, I thought Jamon Moore was the guy to own there. Well, yeah, he was, got drafted was, before him. Yeah, it was a it was a crapshoot between him, uh, Valdez Scantlin, and St. Brown. And it looks like Valdez Scantlin won. So I think St. Brown's going to have sneaky value coming in here. Cobb can get hurt at any moment, and then ESB is all of, all of a sudden basically a starter for them because they always go three wide. I did see you picked him up this morning. I was, I was a little upset about that. Oh yeah, I actually forgot I did that when I just made that comment. So yeah, <laughs> just still still think that as of this morning. <laughs> um, all right, so some big trades happened. Um, another great thing for for Josh here. Um, Will Fuller goes down for the Texans, and so they trade for Demarius Thomas, and he puts together a pretty good game in his first start with them um, against his former team. Um, I feel like this is pretty split as far as if his um, value is up, down, um, lateral. I personally think that it's up. I feel like he was kind of fading in Denver, and I feel like the change of scenery is good for him. Um, Greg, do you agree? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think Case Keenum's any good. So, and plus, he I think he pretty much was one looking Sanders at this point. So it's going to be. Uh, I, it can't be worse, honestly. And Watts, just look, going from Keenum to Watson is a huge quarterback upgrade. He already had 60 yards, and he basically didn't even know the play. He was there for like two days. <laughs> they they basically gave him the first quarter scripted plays, and they still got him 60 yards. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be good for him, good for Hopkins, good for Sanders, good for Cortland Sutton. Honestly, it's just this is just a nice fantasy move. Helps everyone except Will Fuller. It sucks, sucks for him, but everybody else, yeah. I think, is... Yeah. Uh, positive out of this yeah totally agree what's dt's contract like how like how long is he in signed for in houston uh i can get that quick uh i think i think i saw he's owed like 10 million next year so it's very likely he's gonna get cut okay but i mean it's it was a great time for it to happen with with josh you know in the thick of the playoff run trying to sneak in that sixth seed maybe fifth seed with uh dt coming on and uh duke johnson coming back to life so We'll see yeah. a lot of Josh yeah. talk so far, but some positive trends happening going going his way for sure. Yeah. All right, I got the contract. Yeah, he's 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 gone. He's owed fourteen million next year, Jeez, but he's, yeah. he can be he can be cut for nothing. Oh, okay. yeah, no, no maybe, maybe they re, maybe they restructure that, but and then after that year he's a free agent, so his it's his last year next year, and he can get cut for nothing. They're not going to give him fourteen million dollars. Oh yeah, so we'll see with that. Uh, another one that got traded was Golden Tate uh, from the Lions to the Eagles. I think he's a great fit in Philadelphia. It sucks for guys like, and I'm sorry, at Aguilar, who mm-hmm. I think definitely takes a hit on this. But, I mean, Golden Tate is one of the best, you know, yards after catch guys in all of football. And I think that with Carson Wentz throwing to him, I think there's nothing but opportunity for him. Agree? Yeah. And it seems like the Lions' offense lately has been struggling, oddly, especially the last two weeks, and especially last week. And now that was just the Tate effect immediately. You thought guys like Galladay or would, would shine more with without Tate's presence there, but they kind of laid an egg this week. So it's kind of hard. To, it's kind of early to tell how the Lions are going to shape up without him, based on the one week and they played very poorly. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's exactly like a, an upgrade. Per se, I mean, Wentz just, like, loves – he's going to target Alshon a lot. He loves Ertz. He, his he targets tight ends at a nauseum, and it's so annoying when they had to go from Foles to Wentz as an Aguilar owner. But I, I don't know. I see it more lateral than I did the Demarius Thomas trade, if anything. I think it just frees up the, the two other guys, Marvin Jones and Galilee on the Lions. I, hope it, I think it helps them more than it does anything for Tate's value. Yeah, I mean, I read that Matthew Stafford has, like, one QB1 game all season. And yeah. the fact that he is going to Wentz, who I think is way better than Stafford, I, I think is, is better for him. Um, but I do see your point. And I also want to hit on, I think Galladay is one of these guys that's being way overhyped in, in, in Dynasty football. Uh, you're, you're, you're stealing my, uh, one of my segments. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, All right, we'll so we'll get to that. We'll get to that later. We'll, we'll get we'll get there later, but <laughs> I, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, all right, so that's it for for wide receiver news, news and notes in general. Let's get to our favorite trades, um, and we'll just dive right in. So first is Itzler uh, trading with Kojak, a, a nice uh, UHC coworker trade. Um, Itzler receives a 19 second, Kojak's 19 second. And Kojak receives Michael Crabtree. 
Um, Nick, which side do you like here? Uh, definitely Isler. Crabtree is pretty much worthless. So, Greg? Yeah. I think that's a good way to sum it up. Kojak is just continues to make win-now moves despite being in dead last? Yep. Okay, yeah, I'm just confirming he was still dead last making win-now moves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's slightly pissing me off, but at least they're not working. Like, McCoy's yeah, really done making nothing. horrible win-now moves. Yeah, he's making, add. like, bad <laughs> win-now. Yeah, so I'm, like, annoyed that he keeps doing this week after week, but then he keeps picking the wrong players to go after, so it's like, okay, you can keep, yeah. shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> Plus, that's going to be a really early second-round pick, too, like, 15, oh, pick yeah. 15 or 16. So that's just not – it's not good. <laughs> I didn't even realize that it was his own second. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's – it makes it so much it's worse. It's minimum 201, 202 for Crabtree. Yeah, it's bad for business. <laughs> and like a loaded wide receiver class. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, I think Crab Crab's what in his 30s, right? Yeah. He got drafted when we were in high school. I remember it. So he's been for a while. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think Kojak is in desperation mode, trying to avoid last place. But kind of weird. He goes to the you would think a better quarterback in Flacco. He had like a really good rapport with Carr last year and the year prior and he goes there and he's been nothing yeah, yeah everyone that, that thought like he was the reason not great yeah, everyone thought he was the reason that amari was like not doing well because like him and Carr were so good together and he always scored and now he's good for like 45 50 yards and no <laughs> touchdowns yeah i mean john brown overtook that wide receiver one rolling oh god don't even, can we just jump into that disgrace i know it's <laughs> not next but <laughs> All right, so, all right, perfect transition. All right, so Eric receives John Brown, uh, and Tiz is 2019 third, and Ad receives Rogers 19 first. I think I to, to get a first-round pick out of John Brown, and I was here for this trade. I witnessed it live in person, and we were all hammered. Um, but I think, That makes sense now. I think receiving that first is definitely the, the winner of this. My, Greg, my note Greg, is just Greg, vomit. You were fired up. <laughs> my my note is, my note next to this this point in the outline is just vomit. So <laughs> I, I didn't write anything else. I just wrote vomit. So I think that about sums it up. Giving up. Yeah. I think John Brown has like eight points in the last two weeks since Eric traded for him, like combined, or like nine maybe. I don't know something single digits. It's not good. He's playing with a horrible quarterback. They might end up going to Lamar Jackson, who's not exactly going to be <laughs> slinging it. So. Uh, this is a classic, yeah, this is this is a classic, a Eric, classic yeah. Eric trade. We've seen this time and time again. He's uh, he's pretty, pretty easily sold if you get him in person. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe he's banking on the 2019 class not being very deep and not being very good, which I yeah. I, I, I guess maybe. So, so you can't find a John Brown in the first round. <laughs> he did. These talks did start off with Dutra's first, and I was immediately declining it because at the time I had, I had four firsts already. So I was like, 113-114 isn't enough for me to not... Because I thought I still thought Brown was a pivotal piece for me not to avoid last. I just happened to sell him at... It seems like the perfect time. And then, yeah, he, came, he approached me. He's like, if you throw him to third, and I made a Rodgers first. I was like, yep, let's do this. Yeah, good for you. Because that should be... You know, if Rodgers slips up a little bit, he'll make the playoffs. But if he's a first-round exit, that could be 109-110 range. So give me that all day. John John Brown has two uh, one double digit fantasy point game since September. Just want to throw that out there. In the beginning of the year, though. Yeah. Good old September fantasy points that helped there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just looking. Low scenario. I'm looking back at like uh <laughs> like old drafts like who's around like picks twelve through fourteen, and 
guys like Tyler Boyd, Kenyon Drake, um, Curtis Samuel. I mean, wasn't t- like Kareem Hunt, and Kareem Hunt Gordon was Howard thirteen, Kamara was twelve. There. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, but it's you have to look at the draft class too. It's not exactly right up like those those classes. Oh, totally. So, but I mean, just based on the last two years, the odds are in your favor that you're going to get a guy better than John Brown. Yes. I mean, you could take, like, a veteran and it'll be better than John Brown. <laughs> I don't think John Brown is totally, like, worthless. I think he's a decent wide receiver. He's like, Adam Humphreys has been better since September. It's a mortal lock. Eric will bench him this week, and he's going to score 22 points on his bench. I'll take so, no. Yeah. I'll take a no on that because he's on bye. So I'll take no. All right, fair enough. In two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> he's already has Lockett, Mike Williams, Calvin Ridley, and Sammy Watkins. I'd start all four of those over John Brown. And he and gave up a I would first. start Callaway over first for John Brown. Wait, wait, let's yeah. start the brakes a little bit. Before two weeks prior, John Brown was like a wide receiver 11. He's still John Brown, he, though. I'm just saying. Like, Let's not act like he was like some scrub coming Add, into this. Add, his three four he had a twenty three he had like that one blow up game against the Saints and then three seven since I know, September. I know. It's, it's, it's what you're gonna get from John Brown. <laughs> you're gonna get I'm surprised, three, I'm surprised four, Josh didn't me a couple firsts for John Brown. Fits his profile perfectly. He's got the Ted Ginn stat line. Exactly. Three for twenty eight. Three for twenty eight. Seven for one thirty four. And it's <laughs> <laughs> no Ted Ginn's like three for one seventy. Yeah, that's true. Seven is a little outrageous for Ted Ginn. <laughs> He'll be soup soon. Um, all right, next trade um, involves me and Rob. Um, I receive Elijah McGuire and Rob's 2019 fifth. Rob receives Fam's 2019 fourth and Fam's 2022nd. I personally like this move for me. I, I wasn't expecting Elijah McGuire to come in right away and outsnap Crowell like he did, and I, I partially you know fault game flow on for that, but they like Elijah McGuire in New York, and I think that he's getting the usage that is – worth a twenty twenty a late twenty twenty second. And not to mention I'm super thin at running back. So I think trading for him and I mean he's in my lineup now because I you know he's just a, a bi week filling guy for me. But I think he could have some sneaky value going forward. What do you guys think about this trade? If you mean going forward this year, I'll give you that. If that's what you require you know, that's what you're looking for with giving up a a you know, mid to late second in two years to help you out this year, sure. I just see the Jets targeting running back either in free agency, in the draft. I, I don't see Elijah McGuire as the guy. I know they like him, but it doesn't mean they're not going to go after Le'Veon Bell or whoever who may be available in this uh, draft class. So not sure the future value is there, but again, you didn't give up anything too crazy. Um, the, like I said, a late 2022nd may not even be anything that's good. And if it helps you with your depth this year to make a playoff push, I completely get that for a pick in two years, but... My yeah, I think it's a pretty fair trade, actually. Rob's not going anywhere. He knows it. McGuire's probably not going to help him by the time he's ready to make his move into like the playoff tier and things like that. And Chad, yeah, I think for this, the rest of this year, he could be the best back in that backfield, fantasy-wise. Yeah. I mean, he Crowell is, if they're not going to be in good game, game scripts a lot, as being the Jets, I, I would imagine, then he comes in, he gets his four or five catches for 50 yards, mixes in a touchdown every now and then, gets five, six carries for 10 to 15 touches a game. He mixes in 50 yards, 60 yards with some catches. That's like seven, eight points a week. Yeah, You, you could do worse in the flex if you're trying to find like a safe option. And that's without the weeks he scores. Say he scores three or four touchdowns. 
I don't know. He's he's probably worth a late second, I think, in yeah. 2020. That's kind of yeah. the way I was looking at it for sure. You know, if I can get consistently eight to ten points out of him, I'm I'm happy with that to give up a second for yeah. that. So he's like a safe floor guy that you could just plug in there if you need to for injuries or something late. Yeah, yeah I think that was a fair trade on both sides. Um, um, yeah, just to, sorry. Can we go back to Kojak for a second? I sure. forgot I made this note. His his win now trades have the last week netted sub ten points between <laughs> Crabtree and McCoy. So he's giving up picks to get win now players that are old and busted, and they netted him less than ten points win now. He gave up at the very worst two oh two in two thousand nineteen and like a late twenty twenty first for ten points. Not even yeah, not great. Good. He'll be funny to see you Sorry. do the SAT. <coughs> Sorry, just wanted to yeah. care. Yeah, yeah let's root for that. Kojak yeah. goes down. Um, and then, He's so, not going to hear this anyway. So the All final right. trade today was actually live in our in our group chat. Um, Ad receives Adam Humphreys. Muller receives his own fourth and fifth in 2019. Pretty flaws trade. Pretty even. Yeah, I had nine picks next year, and Humphreys has been getting a lot of targets with uh, his magic back in there. I, I just had the last, it seems like three or four weeks, I start off with a full lineup, then Crowder doesn't practice, AR doesn't practice, now Allison's completely out, and I'm forced to start, like, just the bottom of the barrel wide receivers, and at least Humphreys gives me a decent floor. I would assume, like, six to seven points is the floor with upside of double digits where I wasn't really getting that with anyone else, so... In these weeks, I need every point matters for either tiebreakers or just even possibly to squeak out a win like I didn't against Rob. Adam Humphreys would have been a great addition in those two weeks. So giving up a fourth and a fifth, I wouldn't have kept those players anyway. Was I was fine with doing that. Yeah, he's got at least 76 yards in three of the last four games. And last game he scored two touchdowns to have a blow-up 25-point week. So I think he could definitely do way worse. Yeah, yeah, solid floor guy for the rest of the season for Ad, and the picks make sense for Greg because he was never going to start Humphreys the rest of the year. So, yeah, and I had zero picks as usual, but you end up with like two first somehow. No, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, this <laughs> ends up, he usually ends up with like one. The, this is a classic: Greg picks him up off waivers and trades him for picks move. Yeah, yeah, sta- seen that before. <laughs> Standard operating procedure. <laughs> if only he could have got rid of Kenyon Barner. He tried. I did, well, you offered me a deal and I just rejected it like an idiot. I thought he was going to do the Legarrette Blunt like 15 carries, 30 yards, a couple touchdowns the next week. You needed a John, he, a John Gray performance. He get, he dropped me like 0. .6 points. That's why I was. Yeah, what did you offer him? He offered me like a fourth or like fifth. A fourth, yeah. He offered me a fourth and then I rejected. it. I wanted like a fourth and a fifth and then <laughs> intense talks there. Yeah, it was wild wild times. All right, so I mean, that's that's it for trades. No. Now let's get into the recap, um, and we'll do this the same way we did last week, where we kind of pinpoint a player and you know kind of break down their value fantasy wise. And the first matchup we have, I will defer to our handsome co-host Addison. Oh, thank you. So the first matchup is our co-host and our host Chad with a strong 184 performance over Rob, who put up a respectable 130, just kind of ran into a bus, saw that is Chad in the every other weeks. Um, so I won't get into, you know, a lot of Chad's players did well. And we kind of touched on it earlier with the Browns, but what I wanted to note is kind of the struggles of Jarvis Landry. And if you look at his last five weeks, he hasn't cracked 
double-digit points except against Tampa Bay's defense, which everyone does well against Tampa Bay's defense, which I'm not going to throw it out, but if you want to look at that as like, okay, he should be doing that. He's getting the targets 10, 10, 15, 12, and 7, but he's not finding the end zone. He's not giving you, I think, what you would have liked to have expected. And granted, he's now your you know, wide receiver 4, but I think going into this year, you thought of him as close to not if your wide receiver 1 I mean, you were as high on him as anybody, Chad. And I know Greg wasn't, so maybe this is a good player for both of you to discuss about. But what is your – Greg, maybe I'll defer it to Greg. What is your value maybe of Jarvis Landry now, now that he's maybe not as clicking as well in this, you know, Baker Mayfield offense as he was in the Miami offense? Has his value changed at all for you, or is he just kind of proving what you thought of him right from going into this year? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of doing exactly what is expected. He's barely over 10 yards a catch, no, no touchdowns, massive targets. I think he's on pace for like 180 targets, some outrageous number. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he's kind of doing what we – well, not we, what I thought he was going to do. Like, this is Jarvis Landry. He gets a lot of – like, 8 for 39. That's like running back numbers. No, but the last couple of years he was a wide receiver one. So, I mean, you – you yeah, could well, think he, it's he's just a dink and dunk guy. Was, yeah, the catch percentage was way higher with the Miami offense than Baker. Baker's more, I think, to me, Baker's more of a downfield guy. Yeah, yeah he's got a good arm. But I just think like he runs like seam routes, deeper routes. He's not really looking to throw like a – he'd rather scramble around and do a scramble drill than throw like a two-yard slant, mm-hmm. at least in my head. So he's the and the catch percentage is down. He's catching under fifty five percent of balls or targets. So that's also. So what is your value on him? Uh, I mean, oh man, roughly. I mean, I'm putting him a spot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I am putting him a spot, but I mean, late first, mid mid to late. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Uh, he's not a guy that I want to rely on. Like we, he's he's safe. Not yeah. He can't say safe floor. He's been single digits four out of the last five. So not the safest floor, but yeah, I mean he's getting the volume. You got to think eventually he's going to start catching more. But that's the thing. Yeah. It's like his targets are outrageous. Like he's yeah, putting he's the same numbers as guys with. Yeah, he's. I think he like leads or is behind Thielen in targets right now. He, Grant, lead, he, he leads the AFC yet, so in targets. Huh? He, he leads the AFC in targets. Yeah, I think he's only behind Thielen. Granted, I think he hasn't had his buy, and some guys like Julio and stuff are close behind him. Mm-hmm. But that'll probably catch him during his buy. But hello, yeah, yeah Chad, I have five. Oh, okay. Sorry, I mean interrupting. I have five first. If I offered you Eric's first, would you take it, Eric? I mean, I would I mean, say Eric, Eric's like. I mean, he's kind of lump. Eric's oh, lumped in, true. or I offered my second worst first. Whatever it ended up being, you get. I would certainly consider, but I think that I would have to wait until after the season. Okay. Or, I mean, after week 10. Because I need Jarvis, you know, going forward, especially when I get into the playoffs, because I am so shallow and don't have a deep bench. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I watch a lot of Browns games just to see how Landry is doing, and a lot of the throws that Baker makes, like, aren't really catchable. And they count as targets, which is something that I've definitely noticed. And and I'm not blaming everything on Baker Mayfield, but you know he is getting the the volume that we would expect. He's just him and Baker just haven't figured it out yet. And I think if they do, and when they do, then his value is obviously going to go up. So 
like you said, he's my wide receiver four at this point, and to have Jarvis Landry, you know, a guy that's still pretty young, is my wide receiver four. I mean, I'll take that. Right. Yeah, that, I mean, you you can't argue with that wide receiver four. Yeah, I think he's settled in as kind of a, a wide receiver two now. Um, he's not going to get you like big yardage games, so he's got to get in the end zone for a big game. Which is kind of unfortunate. He's never really been a yak guy. Um, so I think you know, as your wide receiver three, wide receiver four, it's, it's a solid option though. Yeah, especially like weeks like this week where he's going up against Atlanta, who's like the second gives up like the second most points to wide receivers. I think he's definitely a good play there. Yeah, I think the chat could put up like six, seven fantasy points against <laughs> the, uh, Atlanta. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll get into the next matchup, and it'll be Greg with uh, Eric and Kojak. Yeah, yeah. So I had a note here. I actually I did pod research. The, we get the outlines out early. Did a little pod research. I went back through every game in the history of the league. Wow. This was the second worst win in the history of the league. Wow. And I, I, I have a screen cap. There was a, a disturbing game in 2015 <laughs> that Rob Rob beat Eric 88.04 to 87.82. Oh <laughs> so this is the second. This is the second worst game ever in the history of the league. So wow. I just, I just, I thought that was a pretty uh, cool little fact. To, yeah, that's that's uh, very notable. Here. Yeah. So and basically, it's just I think the only uh, relevant player is really on Eric's side is James Conner. I don't know if we want to talk about Le'Veon Bell and coming, not coming. We kind of talk about it every week. I was talking to Chad before the show, and I mean, there's nothing left to say. He's either going to come or not come in a week, and then okay. So just we'll get an fire either or. Who do you want? Who would you rather have right now, Connor or Bell? Going for next year and going forward from Dynasty. I mean, am I a contender right now? You are who you are. Yeah, I mean, either way. No, no, like not not right now. Sorry, in the off season, you can. You yeah, know, like have, like you don't get him the rest of the year. It was my question. No, so I don't. Two thousand nineteen. As of as of the end of the season, I still want Bell. Nick. I'm going to take Connor. I think if he's locked into this role for the next two, three years, I, I'm not sure there's many, you know, outside of the top three or four running backs that I'm going to take ahead of him. I'm taking Bell because I don't think Connor, I think like he's easily replaceable in this role. I think we've just found out that basically anyone can go in there. D'Angelo Williams did the same stuff that they're that Connor's doing. And he was like 33 and washed. Yeah. But that so, also like, gives me doubts about Bell performing on other teams. Yeah, but he's going to get Steelers paid. System. So, He's going to get paid, so he's going to have to give him the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, to your point, yeah, anyone else can do it, but if, if he's the one doing it. Well, I'm know. just saying that he could be, like, you could see the Steelers, like, they lose Bell, they need a running back, they take one in the third or the fourth round, they take, like, I don't even, Rod, or they take, like, Rodney Anderson. Mm-hmm. See you, Connor. I mean, advanced stats have shown that Connor's actually running better than, than Bell has in the past year or two, so I don't know if he's that replaceable, but it's, it's to, to be seen. Right. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. No, I I just want to chime in too. I, I think that I, it, it's a tough choice, but I think I would pick Connor too, because I mean Connor Connor is outperforming what Bell did when he first started too. So I mean I, I, his stat line's better, and I I just I think he's a, a really good fit in in our offense. So I would take Connor. I'll take the youth. Yeah. And um, just one, just to build on this matchup, I can't see how Kojak wins a game. Uh, I'm just looking at his lineup. He just has like 
his best non-quarterback was like nine points from yeah, Tyrell Williams. Yeah, but he's Don't, don't, no, no. <laughs> not gonna, not gonna, don't jinx me here. Uh, give me a, apologies, give me a... but I just can't, I just can't see it happening. You're like Tyrell Williams hit his touchdown and he still scored 89 points. Like, <laughs> and he's got no one on this team that shows me any upside. Like Crabtree, Tyrell Williams, Riddick. Sanu, <laughs> Jermaine Kerr's like maybe okay. Von Miller has like a three strip sack <laughs> TD game that's like his best chance for upside because he's got Hyde but Hyde's screwed Fournette's coming back like I I don't, I don't no, nothing here his best player on his team was Spencer Ware <laughs> besides New, besides Cam yeah, huge upside in Joey Bosa on the bench, so you can watch out for that. <laughs> if Von, honestly, there could be a week like week twelve or thirteen that Bosa's back and Von Miller and Bosa both go like double strip sack TD and wins. <laughs> yeah. That's like his best chance, I think. Ed, give me a first, or I'll let Kojak beat me. <laughs> Which one? Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you Rogers first for to, to avoid last. Really? <laughs> Will you tank to possibly miss playoffs? No, I'm just kidding. I would never. Yeah. I, I have integrity. <laughs> I have integrity. All right, so I'll get into this next matchup. It was uh, two of our hosts here today. It was Ad versus Muller. Uh, Muller squeaking out the win, 149 to 137. Muller was definitely sweating a little bit for this one, I feel like. Kamara went off. Breeze went off. Mike Davis had a nice little game. Um, it was definitely closer than we anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um a guy I want to hit on, though, uh, just as far as fantasy value-wise, is Mark Ingram. I was looking at his um, his contract. He signed a four-year deal, and he becomes a free agent in 2019, and he's 28 years old. So I'm curious if, as we have put so eloquently on the pod before, is he has he climbed the peak and is he on his way down the mountain? What do you, what do you think, Greg? I know as a Mark Ingram owner, are you actively trying to flip him or do you think that he has two three years of of value left in him um i think he definitely has value in him yeah i'm definitely not trying to flip him. i own him in multiple leagues not just this one uh i had talked with nick about potentially aj green but that i don't think that's like a flip that's like a big move it's not like i'm trying to flip him for like picks or anything just to get out from under him if i can't get a top tier player i'm not moving him because at 28, he signs. He, I, he's proven he's a good runner still. He had the first game back. He had a pretty solid game, a couple touchdowns. I mean, being with the Saints is obviously ideal. Maybe they bring him back. Maybe they don't. Who, we, we can't assume that right now. I think they'll bring him back because every, everything they're doing right now is working, and they don't want to give Kamara 25 carries a game and break him in half. But uh, I think I'm not really worried. It's it's one bad game. The week before, he had sixty something yards and twelve fantasy points without a touchdown. So I'm not 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 too worried over one like nine carry game against the Rams, which was a kind of weird game. So yeah, not, no concerns here from Ingram perspective. Same value he was at prior to last week. Nick and Ad opinions on that. Oh, Nick, take this. Um. I think, you know, last game was definitely game flow favorite Kamara because they're playing the Rams. So I'm not I'm not that down on Ingram. Um, but going forward, Kamara, you know, will certainly lead in touches and I don't know if it's if Ingram's really a, a high end R V two anymore, maybe low end, touchdown dependent. Um, 
but he, he still does have value going forward. He, he kind of blossomed later on in his career, um, later than most running backs did, so he doesn't have too much tread on his tires. So I do think he can carry, you know, maybe two more years of, of solid value. One more concern about my team I have is uh, AP has been elite, like wildly, but he, I think he lost both guards to injury. Pretty, he did, seems, I saw that. Seems, yeah. seems like a pretty big deal to me. I'm, I'm uh, a little concerned there, but I think Breda should pretty much go off now without Mostart bothering him. So they could cancel it, but the AP, I'm, I'm concerned to see what that's like going forward. I think that's a little slight concern for me. Okay. Next matchup, Ed. All right. Uh, this one was another co-host, Wire over Nick. You know, Nick losing his fourth in a row. Wire continuing his path toward a division versus Greg. Um, so you were about to touch on it, uh, Chad. And the one person I wanted to know, and I think we're on the same page here, is Kenny Galladay. And he's a guy that, you know, people, people want to call him Babytron. And now with the Tate trade, yes, he's getting his opportunities that, you know, as the wide receiver three, and you could argue he was already the wide receiver two, but he's all the way up to wide receiver 20. He's 25. He's not some like 21 Juju Smith. 20. He's on the older. He's Amari Cooper's older. Like a Rob is the same age. Corey Davis is still two years younger. You know, other guys like Sutton's only 23. I, I don't know. There's just like, even Sammy's 25. And people think, you know, he's been around for a while. And I feel like Kenny Galladay is getting this, like, unrealistic hype for things he didn't really accomplish yet. Like, he's had his moments of looking really good. I, I just think wide receiver 20 is a little high. I think him fetching probably two first next year is way too much. And that could just be the owner, but I don't really know what his value is. But I don't know. Is And I think... Okay, I wrote down here that since the buy that he's had 4.7, 1.7, and 7 points. I mean, convince me I'm wrong or maybe agree with me that <laughs> Galladay is a little overrated for his ADP for Dynasty. I totally agree with you. And and we were looking at the polls that Ryan McDowell was doing, and some of them were just absurd that people were voting Galladay over certain players. Like, they were voting, and obviously this is personal bias, but they were voting Galladay over Brandon Cooks, which I totally disagree with. Cooks is Same. younger and has has had a way better career than Galladay. <laughs> Cook's um, being younger still blows my mind. Yeah. Like Cook's been in the league yeah. like five <laughs> years. Yeah. Um, and there was just guys on there that you would never think that Galladay should be higher than. And, and I, I disagreed with like over half of them. I think that he's getting way, way unnecessary hype. And I'm trying to think of the guy in the off season who was getting this sort of hype that has kind of fallen flat. Freeman. Uh, Royce. Yeah. Yeah, he got dominated by Lindsay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm in total agreement with you. I think that it, it, they are making it so that his sell window is extremely high and he's underperforming, but yet his sell window is still so high. So, I, I mean, maybe this is a really good time to sell him. I personally don't think he's – I'm not saying he's not good. I just don't think he's he's what people are making him out to be. I have a weird comp here. Dante Moncrief. I like that. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Like where the hype was, he was worth two firsts at one point. Yeah, yeah. And he like kind of did nothing. I don't know. There's just randomly popped in my head right now. Did not Maybe. have that planned. 
think Galladay's flashed a little more than Moncrief, but yeah. it's still it's a good it's a fair comp. Literally no idea how the stats compare. I just thought of that off the top of my head out of nowhere. Moncrief was going as like a first rounder in redraft leagues one year. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to be like Andrew Luck's go to guy. Yeah. Yeah, that, he was worth multiple firsts in Dynasty at one point. I vividly I think I gave multiple firsts and then immediately flipped him. I was like, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> it's like is we're all kind of an agreement here, Nick. With Galladay? Yeah, I don't think uh in our league at least, Wire's not moving him anytime soon. No, due to the asking price. So yeah, I'm not to see where he is in the overall. Not to mention Tate. Tate wasn't with the Lions last week, and Galladay did nothing. Granted, well, it was, yeah, it was well, the first Stafford game. Stafford got but... sacked like fifteen times. But okay, also Kenny Galladay is ranked. Uh, maybe the ADP is different than the wide receivers. His ADP is thirty-two above Corey Davis, Patrick Mahomes, Carryon Johnson, Sony Michelle, Darius Geis, DJ like. Maybe DJ Moore is, is closer, but god damn. I mean, I'd take Cooper Cup over him. Oh, easily. Yeah, and for he's sure. he's 45, and Colliday's 32. So, yeah, that that's crazy to me. That's the, hype, the hype is real. All right, so our next matchup, um, I'll defer to Greg. It was Rodgers and Itzler. Yeah, I mean, this was a bloodbath. No other way to put it. I think he lost by, what is it, 55? Yeah, that's... I think that qualifies as a bloodbath. But it was really just a two-man show, we'll call it. Maybe if you want to count Watson with 22, that's a three-man show. Michael Thomas with 34, McCaffrey with 32. That's basically his whole team. Nobody else got double digits except his kicker. But uh, Itzler, only Deion Lewis really did anything. Tyreek, not he needs, I mean, he needs Tyreek to score like 35 if he's going to win at this point. Yeah. Just no Drake, Crow, Ben Watson had double digits because he scored, but that's not going to happen too often. Jordy Nelson, Marvin Jones, not, nothing standing out from this side. He's going to – he's lucky he's had three wins because I don't know if he's going to get another one either. I haven't looked at his schedule, but he's another guy that unless Tyreek has a flat, ridiculous game, he's probably not going to get any wins. Didn't break 100 last week despite 22 from Dion, so not looking – not looking too good there, but I think uh, Rodgers had a lot of buys. That's why he needed yeah. to blow up. I think most weeks he'll be around this total, but it'll be more more distributed. But this shows that he has potential to blow up still if he yeah. has DJ and Hilton and Tate in there. Yeah. Yeah, three guys going over 30 is a lot. Uh, I, I think uh, Nick said to me yesterday, he's just so shocked on McCaffrey's durability so far. Yeah, I, I, I got C.J. Anderson prior to the year, thinking that I'd at least get a you know a game or two of starting running back, uh, you know touches from him. But I, I'm shocked that McCaffrey's held up, to be honest, at his size with all these touches. I feel like we I haven't heard the... anything about C.J. Anderson this year. Is he is he getting touches? He gets like one carry a game. McCaffrey's yeah. old bell cow. Yeah, but they're they're doing a good job at like getting him in good positions to like not get laid out like he runs inside yeah but they also do yeah. a good job getting him on the edge getting him in like screen pass game the the option route game yeah north turner's the, doing like a really good job i think as that oc and making them pretty good like even keeping cam upright and not getting him hit getting the ball out quick to mccaffrey like i think that north turner has been really good there 
Yeah, the Panthers actually run a ton of gadget plays too. Like uh, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore have been getting a couple carries a game also. Yeah, they don't so, have like a prototype wide receiver one. Olsen's the only guy that goes down the field with like any size. They have like all scat backs. It's like DJ Moore's not big, Samuel's not big, McCaffrey's not big. They have like Olsen's like the only guy that goes down the seam and stretches the field at all. Funches is a decent size. Oh, I forgot about Funches. Yeah, I, I just I just think he's like terrible, so I'd never really acknowledge him. He's okay. He, he's like a solid yeah, wide receiver too. You know, he he was like a tight end at Michigan. Yeah, he's a big guy. So I he's know that size. I, I forgot about him. About Olsen, I know I put in your uh, your write up, Greg. I was like, he went from like out for the year, maybe forever because he's kind of old, to be like, oh, he's gonna play this year. Oh, he's gonna play like in two weeks. Oh, he's going off for, like eighty eight yards and a touchdown. Yeah, and he had a dog like, catch. Like unbelievable. Like four week, like not four week, but like half a year run back from like maybe retirement to back in tight end one talks. Yeah, and they broke his foot and missed like a month. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Um, all right, so then I'll get into my next matchup. It was uh, Tiz versus Ridge. Ridge putting up an ugly 86 points. Yikes. And then Tiz putting up 153. <laughs> Tiz's team kind of coming on strong here in, in the home stretch. I think he's won his last, what, three or four games? Yeah, three and in a row. Led by Patrick Mahomes, who has been amazing this year. James White, who's having a crazy year. and I'm so sad that I cut him. Um, but the guy that I want to focus on is actually, I'm going to jump over to Ridge's side. Is um oh I never realized he he had Sony Michelle in his lineup last week. Yes, he did. He had like no backup, and he alerted the lineup of the league. He's like, if I leave him in and he's cut, well, I get penalized. Oh. I was like, Ridge, you know now, like go pick somebody up. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're saying it to us, like go go add somebody. And he's like, uh, I don't even yeah. remember what he said, but it just it, like, it wouldn't have made up like yeah. eighty points. You had so. to keep yeah. <laughs> um, but the guy that I want to focus on is actually uh his other running back is Rashad Penny. And my note on him is bust, question mark, question mark? Is he looking for apartments in Bus City? I think he is. I mean, I noted that in his lineup. I mean, he, he's not even carving out roles when Chris Carson's out. I mean, Mike Davis is stepping in and taking that lead role. So, that I mean, that's just not a good sign from a first-round running back. I mean, you see yeah. how the Patriots are using Sony Michelle, who we thought was a surprise first-round pick. So, I mean, Rashawn Penny was a first-round pick, but you thought, okay – First round running back, you're gonna use him, and there was always question marks about the offensive line. But we've seen Carson have good games. We've seen Mike Davis have good games, and there's no reason why. I mean, there must just be something wrong with him. Either. I mean, I never really pick up on the you know the talks about which running backs can pick up blitzes or not. But I mean, there must be just something wrong with him. And I'm not saying he can't pick it up in year two or three, but I think. I don't know. I don't know how old Carson is. That they would just go in a new direction. He's a young guy too. Yeah, so if I would just stick with him until he's fully healthy, and yeah, I I would lean now to he's looking for apartments in Bus City. Yeah, and it makes you question why they took him in the first round when they knew they had a guy like Chris Carson who had a great year last year, and it makes you wonder why they they, they selected him. But I mean, I, I'll ask Greg because Greg is notorious for giving players the benefit of the doubt before writing them off as busts. What's your stance on Rashad Penny? Yeah, I think that it's a little bit early. It's been like ten games, and he hasn't really played a ton. So you can't make you can't rule him as a bust until next year. If this Pete Carroll's a weird guy, man. Like you, you, you take a running back in the first round, and don't feature him. Like I don't, I don't think there's any other team in the NFL that would do that. I, you gotta think that any logical coach is gonna feature him at some point. Like just to be like. 
yeah, we didn't totally screw this first round pickup owner. Like, don't fire me. <laughs> like, but Pete Carroll, I guess, is weird enough that maybe he's the guy that wouldn't. I think the better question in this matchup for Bus City is on the other side in Derrick Henry. Oh, well, I've been so I've been yelling Bus on since the podcast started. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been over him. Dion Lewis. Team Team Dion Lewis. I know you're you're with me on that, but that you got to be saying it, he's like horrible. He's he, he, he like didn't play. He played I said like I said times. last year if you're not out if you can't take a role away from like thirty year old Demarco Murray you're I don't think you're that good. If he were if you were that good you would have took that role already. And as soon as they signed Dion Lewis I'm like well they clearly don't believe him as being a bell cow. And I know Eric was defending Henry he's going to be the thunder and lightning blah blah blah. No, he's just not good. Yeah, he's pretty much like a, a poor man's Legarrette Blount at this point. Legarrette Blount is prime. I think that might be his uh, you know, career trajectory at this point. Yeah, and you know, I was actually high on Henry too, and I'll admit that I was I was totally wrong about him. But I mean, just looking at him run, like for being the frame that he is, he doesn't really bully people all that much like you think he would. No, he needs like an alleyway to get. He needs to like get going, and then he'll just take like he can he can get moving but if he can't get like a full head of steam going full speed into the second level then if he has to stop his feet it's over if he has to like make any cut in the back to anything yeah all right so that la- last matchup Adam. yep so it was josh over Duke. i don't have the lineup but a possibly we said earlier dude it was stat correction could be in Duke's favor and keep his undefeated season but as it stands right now Josh pulled the big upset, kept his playoff chance alive, you know, got Cooper cut back, which is bit big. Uh, you know, Zeke had an okay game. Duke Johnson, who I was gonna was gonna hone on hit on before we talked about the Browns, but huge game for him in Minnesota's defense, gave him twenty-two. But I will go over to Duke's side and focus on his boy, Nick Chubb, who since the Carlos Hyde trade, and he's been the featured back, has gotten sixteen points, ten points, and basically eighteen points. Just been a monster since, you know, given the bell cow role. And I think he was, what, the running back five, six in our draft? So if my question would be, if we do the draft over again right now, and obviously Barkley goes one, does he go two? Do you still go Sony Michelle two? Do you still believe in Geis? Or is Chubb now your 102 in a 2018 class? Um. I would argue that he's that he's three or four. I, I think I, I would debate taking Barkley, Michelle, and Carry on over him. Mm. And guys for me. And and guys for some. So he could he could be in the wide receiver five conversation. Or so you think his, five, if, if he got five. rid of McKinnon from the veterans, you think he this this doesn't even change how he would be drafted, knowing what you know now? I would take him higher. I mean, look at what AP's doing in Washington and picture what Geis would be doing. That's my thoughts on Geis. That's why I'd still have him ahead of Chubb. So, what about, Bar- about Carrion? I'd probably take Chubb there. I'd so probably have, and what about Sony Michelle? I'm taking Michelle, I think, just because so, of the offense. So who's your so four? I have, I have my four, yeah. Nick? Um... I think I'd take him as high as two, actually. I think he's going to be more involved in the offense than, than the other running backs mentioned. Than Michelle, even? Yeah, I mean, Michelle, he, he gets handed the rock, but James White's passing back. I think 
And I guess you could make the argument that Duke Johnson is the passing back in Cleveland, but I think Michelle doesn't, hasn't seen like one target. Does, does yeah, it, he has like three catches, Michelle, or some nonsense, like like nothing. But uh, I don't think it matters. He's in that off. It's like, well, he'll be elite until Brady retires, and then I think that whole team's going down fast. It's implodes. Yeah. Now, where do you put another rookie running back like Philip Lindsay in there? Oh, shoot. Um, it's interesting because I think you guys are higher than I am, and I'm obviously higher on Royce Freeman. I've seen articles going over what we're just talking about now. And so I don't see Roy, uh, Lindsay cracking the top twelve in a lot of these. What twelve? So twelve is a little ridiculous. I don't know. Absurd. What, what, I mean, what does he have to do? Is he just like, up? Oh, you're undrafted. Yeah. You you're just not allowed. Well, I mean, people take draft pedigree very. I mean, you especially, Greg, take okay, draft yeah, pedigree but very 12 seriously. Twelve is excessive. He's the RB eleven this year. I understand. Yeah. But. Like he's still been, a first round. What, I mean, how many times I mean, do we see a running back come in and, like, with the pedigree, has a good one or two years and people still don't believe in him? I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, Jordan Howard, but... I mean, there's been other Jordan Howards than Jordan Howard, but if you I, want to I use know, him for an example, just, sure. Yeah, I just... That's the first name that popped in my head. I think people would would still take a Sutton, a Ridley, all the running backs oh, we just okay. listed over him. You're into the wide receivers. I didn't mean running back yeah. 12, but just, yeah, you know, I'm thinking like receivers now. And there's still a lot of receivers that have hype. Kirk has been showing flashes. I'm blanking on a couple other names, but I don't know. And people still might take Royce Freeman over him. That so, makes no sense. He's just I don't been know. better. He's just I been think better. he'd be a late first in our in our format. I mean, what would you, you give up for him? If you gave me the option now, Belager. Lindsay, I'm gonna take I, Lindsay, and yeah, I think Nick would obviously take Ro- uh, Lindsay over Rojo, but no, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> would I give up for him? Yeah, I mean, given right. my situation, I really need a running back. I mean, I'd probably give up one of my one of my mid first for sure. I don't know if I give like a top five first for him, but I give a, I give mid first. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah, interesting. No, I just want to throw him in there and see where he would kind of be. Yeah, I mean, you had to remove McKinnon. Rowe and Balage move everyone up, so that's three spots of 14, so 11. So I think he's in that – you probably have him and Freeman in that kind of like 10 or 11 range. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. All right, so that, that kind of recapped all of last week. Um, we're gearing up for the, the playoffs here. We have a couple teams, a few teams that are probably going to make it. And then, like we've stated before, seeds four through six are pretty much wide open. Um, there is a, a race that's in, in full force going on for those seeds. Um, that yeah. being said, it's rivalry rivalry week. That's hard to say. Rivalry week, mm-hmm. and uh, so we'll make some quick picks. Um, who we think will win each matchup. Um, and the first one that I will do is because I have me first is me versus Ridge, and I'm projected to win one forty six. Point seven two to one forty point nine seven. I will never pick against myself, so I'm going to pick me. The app actually has you losing by four points right now. Oh, did he so pick up a defense? Maybe, yeah, he may have picked up a defense. He has Saints D in there. Um, I think actually the nine point three six is a little low for Valdez Cantling. Um, if he does, I mean, if this lineup stays as it is with Fournette, with Barkley, with Michelle. Valdez, Woods, and Evans. That's a really fucking good lineup. So I will 
Sadly, I have to pick against you. If Fournette's healthy, if Fournette's out, then I will pick you. Um, yeah, also, the Lions just gave up about 10 sacks, and Rich has Cleo Mack against the Lions. That could be, like, a <laughs> disaster as Mack coming back healthy. That could be one of those, like, 15-point IDP games where he gets, like, three sacks and forced fumble or some nonsense. So, yeah, I, I got I got Ridge. Sorry, yeah, I'm, uh, if Rich goes in fully healthy, unfortunately, I'm going I'm to pick Rich here, but I, I am pulling for you, Chad. Same. All right, me versus the world. Let's go. <laughs> um, all right, Eric versus Rob. 132 for Eric. Rob, 127. These are from earlier today, so these could have changed. Yeah. Do you want to know what it is right now? It's 129.96 to 129.16. Wow, okay. Yeah. There must have been, like, um, uh, updated projections or something from Yahoo. Yeah, they update them every now and then during the week. Ooh, this is a, this is a coin toss. I'm, I'm going to pick Eric. I just don't think Coleman's going to go off for 33 points again and get Robin to that 130 range. So I'll go with uh, Eric. I'm gonna yeah, go with, I'm gonna go I think with I'm Rob. Gonna take, I think I'm going to take Rob here, actually. Um, I think Trubisky turns it around this week, puts up another solid point total, and I think Coleman might actually have another big game, even though I, I hate Tevin Coleman with a passion. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to take Eric here. I think Connor does enough, and Alex Smith plays Tampa Bay, so he should get 25-30 that's pretty like a pretty much a given against the Bucks at this point that the quarterback goes nuts. So yeah, give me Eric. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Rob. I think Tyler Boyd's gonna feast against New Orleans. Um, all right, Mueller versus Wire. Um, let me let me just pull up the the score on the app so I have the accurate thing. Um, <laughs> Mueller has one sixty four point eight three, Wire one forty eight point nine seven. Um, Game of the year. Game of the year, yeah, potentially. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Mueller. Uh, Mueller with no. The, that last flex is gonna be huge. The Brieta versus Alshon with Sanders out, but it's hard for me to ever pick against Greg's lineup if he is Gurley. Has the Rams been on the buy yet? No, they have the buy. no. I get a. I have the buy. Gurley's buys versus Nick week twelve. Okay, so I'm never gonna pick against Greg until Gurley has a buy. So Greg. Uh, yeah, I think this could be a close matchup, but I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Greg's way as well. Nixon could have a huge game without AJ Green in there, so that could be a difference maker. But I don't think Mac practiced this week, so if Mac can't play. I think he's limited, but he'll play. But I think Gurley. Gurley scored 18 last week. That's the first time he hasn't scored 30 in five weeks. So I'm going to go with Greg based off the, the Gurley factor yeah. in a close game. Yeah, and you want to know what team uh, held Gurley to that? Was the team that Mixon's playing. So, mm, Good point. Uh, I just noticed that. That makes me feel pretty good. But also, that was weird. Gurley averaged like over five yards a carry, so it's not like they really shut him down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gurley's going to carry me against Seattle. I think Seattle's trash. All right. Uh, so everyone's picking Muller. Um, next matchup. More luck. I lose that one then. <laughs> <laughs> next matchup is uh, Nick versus Itzler. Nick projected to lose 134.19 to 132.84. Supposed to be close. Um, 
I feel like I always take Nick. And it's just probably going to run the table and win the championship. So I'm going to take Itzler here. <laughs> I will go with Nick. I'm looking at the matchups. I guess, I mean, the Eagles play the Cowboys, who are pretty good D, even though the you know Tennessee game wasn't indicative. But, you know, the defense was on the field for so long. And I guess Arizona's got a really good passing defense, so maybe they can hold Tyreek Hill to a low-scoring game. And if that's ever the case, and Kenyon Drake keeps getting three carries, you know, it's going to be hard for it sort of crack 100. And, I mean, Nick's line's good enough to crack 100. So I think this could be a sloppy win for Nick, but, you know, sloppy win's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Greg, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, I see Gronk was limited today in practice, but I think he's been limited like every week, and he just somehow sits the next week. So I mean, if if Gronk doesn't play, Nick's got. I don't think Nick can win at this point, like with Nuke on a bye. So I'm gonna take Nick. Ah, fuck it, Gronk's gonna play. Uh, give me Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna have to be a, a sloppy win. Like Addy said, I hope uh, Patrick Peterson is shadowing Tyreek Hill. That would be a big, uh, big factor for me. But yeah, my team's pretty banged up right now. Um, Hopkins on a bye and AJ Green out, and clearly Gronk's been less than 100 percent all year. So it's not, Baldwin. it's not ideal. And Baldwin's hurt too. Yeah, Baldwin can't play. I, I wouldn't pick you, but I have. I guess David Moore can be looked at as sort of a handcuff for Baldwin. But yeah, that's that's true. And they should be down. They should just be hawking the ball against the Rams. Yeah, and I got to think uh, the Bears' game script, game script is a little better for Tariq Cohen this week. It was kind of out of control last week with the uh, defensive touchdowns. And Yeah, I, I don't think, think he's getting five rushing or six carries for five yards with like the minimum <laughs> catches he, again. I think that's yeah. unlikely. Yeah. Um, all right, so next matchup is Tiz uh, going for his fourth win in a row versus... Uh, Ad and the Taysom Hills. Um, close matchup, 135 for Ad, 131 for Tiz. Um, Ad throwing in two uh, Caucasian wide receivers as his wide receiver one and two. Oh, okay, we're going there. Um, what? I don't see color. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm going to pull for Ad here. I mean, I can go. I if Chris Carson can't play, I think I should take this with if he has Carson out uh, and both of his uh, Vikings out. And if you look at my, I mean, call it what you want the matchups. If you look at my team, you can't see the matchups if you go into it. I mean, I'm green for a lot of these guys. Amendola's got green, Humphrey's green, Jordan Howard green, both my Saints green. Vance McDonald, Car, I guess Carolina gives up the most points to a tight end, so. And hell, if there's ever a weekend, if, ever week, if there was ever a week for all my matchups to kind of come through for one week, hopefully it's this weekend. Um, obviously, I'll be monitoring my last flex with A-Rob and Crowder being hurt. I might have to start Aguilar, maybe Dez. So, we'll see. Hopefully, A-Rob can play, and I'll obviously going to pick me. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, Addy here also. You don't really love to see Derrick Henry in the lineup. And uh, Curtis, <laughs> and Curtis Samuel and John Ross are both kind of dart throws there. So if, if Chris Carson's out, definitely uh, adding by a by a good amount. And uh, the Saints are playing the Bengals, which is a favorable matchup for Addy and his Saints players. So I'm gonna roll with Addy here. It's just it's really unfortunate that Taysom Hill's gonna get like 15 carries. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm taking that. I'm taking that too. Uh, 
I don't think James White. I think with Michelle back, James White comes down to earth a little bit. And John Ross is projected eight, which I don't. I could see him scoring zero. So, like, yeah, this, this, like, this is it. This is the week I need. I know I get it with no Tyree Kill, but if there's a win to help me get last, this is the week. And also, Mahomes plays Arizona, which somehow is third best against quarterback. I guess they just get down. I guess they just get down so fast that <laughs> those teams stop throwing against them. Is that how it works? Like, like I don't, I don't really understand that one, but right, apparently that's how it works. So, Chad, maybe that's good for you and Kareem Hunt. Maybe they just feed him or down. Like, hey, maybe Kojak even starts Spencer Ware because they're up fifty and put him in for like a half. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. That's that spread is like a. It's like a college spread. 17? 17. Like 17 <laughs> it's like you don't see that in the NFL. Yeah, that's crazy. I think the last time we saw that was probably like the Vikings Bills and then the Bills just money lined it. Oh, don't remind oh. me. RIP RIP every survival. Yeah. Ever. Um all right, so second to last matchup, we got Douche. This is a great matchup here. Douche versus Rodgers. Um Oh. Rodgers doesn't have his kicker in. Set yet, but as it stands right now, Dooch is projected to win by 20. It's hard to slow oh, down wow. Dooch. I think Dooch is just going to run away with this one, so I'm going to take Dooch. Um, I'm going to take Dooch as well. Just he's been putting up consistently high numbers, so it's hard to argue against him. But I just I don't love his flex players right now, uh, and Eckler and Cobb and T. Westbrook's a little shaky also, so. For a title run, it could be could get a little sticky for him, but he he's he's put up the numbers all season, so it's tough to tough to argue. Yeah, Thielen's on a bye, which is his best player, but um, I mean I know Andy Dalton's all right, but it seems like the weeks that Rogers does really well is when Watson goes off. And he doesn't have him this week, so I'm just gonna lean. I think it'll be closer to twenty, but I'll, I'll still lean Dooch. Hmm. I'm looking at the the matchups now, and I think well. Also, the thing is, if Dudes loses this, then the division is definitely not over. Yeah, with it'll be a game apart. So one slip up down the stretch, and Dudes will be tied. And then I don't know what the division records and things are, or points. I think he's probably got a pretty decent point lead, but I mean, you never know. But that being said, I think he he ends the division here and wins it. Do we think that Dudes clinches if he wins this week? Oh, absolutely. He has to. Yeah. He'll be up three in the division alone with three to play. Okay. Yeah, I agree. So he, I, he's uh, just – and I, I will have to look at the points. He's but way he's, up, he's, he's up like 200, 200 points on him. So if he wins, he'll be up over 200. Yeah, with three weeks to play, he would have to – have a monumental collapse. Like, yeah, it's it's over. He's division – the only thing that would be up for grabs would be the the one seed against whoever won the me wire matchup. Mm. But even that wire's back 150. So if I if wire beats me, I think Duke is probably going to be the one. And Duke wins, he'll probably be the one seed. All right, and the last matchup we have to go over um, is Josh versus Kojak. Kojak hasn't set his lineup yet. Um, Josh at 125 and Kojak at 82, missing one, two, three, four players. Um, you know what? For parody, I'm gonna take Kojak. I'm sorry, Ed. I'm taking Kojak. The fuck's going on there? I don't know. I just lost Chad. Huh? What? Uh, there we go. All right. Oh, I said I'm. I said for parody, I'm taking Kojak. Sorry, Ed. 
All right. Ad actually had to step out for a minute. So yeah, that, that's I what that was. was. Um, I'm going to take uh, Josh here. I don't know how you could look at Kojak's lineup and, and feel <laughs> anything but nausea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no way that Kojak can win a game. There's just no way. I don't care. Yeah, I'm taking Josh. This is that. That's like disgusting. <laughs> All right. So, do we close without ad, or is he coming back, or? He should be back in a minute or two. Yeah, we can maybe we do a little a quick ADP thing. All right. Shoot. Uh, I had uh, the we were planning on doing an ADP game, but this is running a little bit long. But I had Derrick Henry at 79, Alex Collins at 84, and Jarek McKinnon at 88. Who would you rather have out of that group? That's a good one. Um, I don't, obviously, you know how I feel about Derrick Henry. Uh, I don't really love Alex Collins' upside. He's got a better floor than McKinnon, but I would say McKinnon has the highest ceiling out of all three and i'm kind of a you know boomer bus guy myself so I, I'd, I'd go with mckinnon there yeah i'm in the same boat it's between collins and mckinnon for me um i'd probably leave mckinnon as well although coming off a torn acl is a little concerning but i'll take mckinnon yeah i'd i'd, I'd much rather the guy coming off an injury that's why he didn't produce than a guy that's been on the field and just been bad so that's yeah, that's my uh, rationale. I think I would actually have Henry. I don't even like Alex Collins, but I think I would have Henry last out of these three. No, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so I have one too. Um, and these aren't ADP. These are uh, Fantasy Pros ranks. Um, and okay. all, all of these guys are 100 or above. Um, Marlon Mack, James White, and Philip Lindsay. Who are you taking? That's a good one also. Um, Mac obviously flashed big, big upside, but we've seen, you know, what his career has been so far. It's been injury riddled. James White, I think, is at his ceiling right now. So I think I'd I'd pass on White just because I like I like going for the ceiling as opposed to the floor. Um, and I don't I don't know if he's going to be able if this is repeatable this season what he's doing. Um, so I. I think I'm between Lindsay and Mac, and I'd probably lean Lindsay. I just like what I'm seeing on tape from him. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go with Lindsay there. Well, you picked the lowest ranked one. He was 124. Yeah, I think I'm taking Lindsay as well. Uh, talking about it, it sounds like he's coming back in here, but I'm taking Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay back, as well yeah. there, I think. Yeah, yeah Lindsay for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's no. settled then. Um, all right, Ed, you're back. Any closing remarks, or do you want to get the dick swallowing contest off and running? Um, I guess I'll begin the dick swallowing contest. Do you, you, you guys just eat through the ATP thing? Yeah, yeah do, you yours. do it. Do yours, Ed. Yeah. All right. So my ATPs, these are all within three of each other, 42, 44, 45, were DJ Moore, Will Fuller, and Cooper Cup. So DJ Moore being the young 21-year-old, Will Fuller being the now recently two years he's been hurt now at 24, and Cooper Cup having a pretty strong year with the Rams, but he's at 25. Um, I listed them in order for what they're ranked. You know, they're all, you know, you're kind of splitting hairs between 42 and 45, but I guess who would you take? I think I feel the most safe going forward with Cooper Cup 
over the other two. DJ Moore is in an offense that doesn't really sustain a wide receiver one, even though he's looked good on, you know, for advanced stats is concerned. And I'm just a little too afraid of Will Fuller's injuries and just being a consistent guy I can rely on for my team. So I think right now if I had to pick one, I would pick Cup. Yeah, I would go I would go Cup more Fuller. Yeah, I'm I'm a little I'm a little biased obviously because I am a DJ Moore owner. Um, Cooper Cup's definitely the safe pick, um, and probably probably the smart pick. But I'm uh, I'm an upside guy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep rolling with DJ Moore. I think he's shown that he's a very explosive athlete, 98 percentile on the spark spark rating. So I'm all about guys like that. Uh, I'm going Cup. More last actually, and Fuller second. I hate as as a Will Fuller documented hater. I think he's proven a lot, and uh, swung me a little bit. So I haven't seen enough for more to uh, outweigh the production that the other two have given recently, even I, despite the, the Fuller injury. I think he got the the slight nod just because of his age by the guess for these ADPs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a rookie year, so. But I feel like rookie year ADP is always higher. Yep. Yeah, it's funny that the two DJ Moore owners have him above Will Fuller. Would you look at that? Yeah, I think think he's got a higher ceiling than Fuller, but Fuller's obviously proven more on the field. I think Fuller has a really high ceiling, so you must think Moore's ceiling is... Really, really high, or well, what do you think? Fuller? What do you think Fuller's like yardage upside is next to DeAndre Hopkins? He's never going to be the target leader on his He's team. never going to be the target leader, but he could take any play to the house. He could, so could DJ Moore, though. Yeah, but Fuller's shown that he can do it consistently. Cam Newton's not really a guy that's going to throw. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if War Moore is. I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I just like Fuller. <laughs> I don't know. It's fair. I'm not good with words. <laughs> Okay, these are two apart, so it's like, you know. Yeah, you're splitting hairs, yeah. What was the word you were trying to say last episode that you couldn't get out? Materialize. Oh, right. To say it, like, really slow, and then I can get it out. <laughs> like, I was saying that, like, during the week. I was like, I, I just need to, like, I can't do this. Maybe I'm just, like, to, randomly saying it. You should go to Bridges class. Maybe he can help you out. Yeah, maybe. Jesus. <laughs> Math and reading. <laughs> <laughs> also, I just want to point out at number fifty-one is Jordan Howard, and fifty-two is Josh Gordon. So, thank you. Oh, stop! <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Jesus, you're gonna compare expert knowledges of like not gonna compare elite to buns. That must be the tier. <laughs> that fifty-one point five is the tier break between buns and elite. I mean, he's got like rankings from forty-three to eighty-three, and Josh has rankings from twenty-five to ninety-eight. <laughs> That's the, that's the type of guy that I need. Yeah, that's exactly who's on my roster. <laughs> I held him on my roster with NA next to his name for four years for this. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. The the tiers we do every year with like buns, elite, flaws. I wonder how much it's going to change after this season. Yeah. We'll, we'll just see. And people the- are still going to have like, I'm not going to move myself too far out. Just because I had to have a title. You know, a lot of that comes into effect. Like, have you won your overall average and stuff like that? Yeah. But my average, my average is going to take a hit. I'll probably fall to last of the title tiers if anyone new wins it this year. But at what point is winning a title? How many people need to – separate people need to win a title to make new tiers within that? Um. Well, right now because we, we have a two-timer, if there's three – I would say if there's five, I guess – 
you could probably split them. Because it will, Raj will be the two timer, and say Dooch wins this year. I still think three in that own t- in that its own tier is appropriate. And if a like four, me, you and Dooch. Yeah, I'd be the yeah, last. And then say Nick tier. won next year or whatever. Then yeah, exactly. Then you have to start breaking it up. Yep. Interesting. We I do a lot. Fair. We do a lot of shit there in the offseason that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I mean, I don't want. I, I'm sad that it's week ten, but. So sad. Technically, I fly home in 13 days. Wow, less than two weeks. That means that I get to see you that weekend, too, because you're going to be down in New York. So yep. things are going to be, uh, what is that, week oh, 10, 11, tw- week 12. Oh, just in time for girlies. Bye. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be lit. I think I'm Can't playing Dooch, maybe, that week? Week 12. Week 12, that'll be. Oh, no, I got Kojak that week. I play Nick with Gurley on by. That should be a fun week. Yay. Suck <laughs> okay. Damn it. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, that'll do it for uh, – <laughs> sorry, we were ranting there. Episode uh, 42 of the Elite Dynasty Podcast. Um, the, you know where to follow at Elite Dynasty Pod. And uh, I guess that's going to do it. We will see you guys next time. Follow at EFV40. I just want to throw that out there. No. <laughs> Oh yeah! Congrats, Eric! Run- congrats, for Eric, for running for a damn marathon. By the way. Oh yeah! Congrats, oh, yeah. congrats Eric! No. Also, and he didn't even bleed. Congrats. <laughs> so, so we'll see you next time. First. <laughs>